1: Connect with jason on twitter at jason grill connect with the show on twitter at grill nation show and online
0: at GrillNationShow.com. welcome your host of grill nation always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio here's jason grill hello and welcome to grill nation with jason grill you're listening to talk 980 am and uh, talk 980 am.com appreciate you also joining me today on this beautiful day on GrillNationShow.com via podcast and on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Uh, You connect with me on Twitter, at Jason Grill and at GrillNationShow. We're going to have an awesome, awesome show today. We've got some really great people coming on today, so I'm excited to preview them in just one second. I want to thank our partners and supporters of the Grill Nation Show with Jason Grill here on 980 AM. They are Trusts, Bank of Kansas City, Two West Advisors and Ryan Rink, also want to thank our on-air contributors, uh, Catalyst, Government Affairs, Danny Pfeiffer, The Rieger KC, Jay Rieger & Co., Ryan Mabey, uh, Kansas City Power & Light District, and Reactor Design Studios, and Clifton Alexander, who's an on-air contributor uh, guru when it comes to marketing and design here in Kansas City. On today's show, we are going to start off with Quentin Lucas, who's a city councilman representing the 3rd District in Kansas City, Missouri. He's also a professor of law. At the, uh, Kansas, Kansas University of Kansas School of Law, excuse me. And I'm going to talk to Quentin to kind of about his background and how he got into politics and also kind of talk about what are some of the, the top 10 things to watch here in Kansas City and, and go through a list in 2017. There's a lot of things happening in Kansas City, Missouri right now. Uh, and also too with, uh, everything going on with different issues here throughout the region. After Quentin, we are going to have lucky to have on John Holt from Fox Four, who is a, a great guy he 's been in Kansas City for over twenty oh close to twenty five years now on Fox Four. He anchors the co anchors the five and nine p m news He is all a storyteller anchor he actually also was an attorney like Quentin and I, and uh, but doesn 't practice kind of uh, similar to Quentin and I, but uh, he'll be joining us on segment three and segment four. I really want to break down get some advice from him on what people should be doing if they want to get into a, uh, a journalistic career. Also talk to him about kind of how Kansas City has changed throughout his lifetime in Kansas City and just kind of break stuff down with John Hole. He'll be on the road today. He's covering a story in Leavenworth, so we're going to connect with him via car uh, on his way. He works really hard. He's just a great Kansas City and uh, one of the better broadcast journalists we have here in Kansas City, so I'm excited to have him on the show today. Let's start off our show with, uh, Councilman Quentin Lucas. His Twitter handle is at Quentin Lucas KC. If you want to follow a, uh, an avid, uh, Kansas City, Missouri guy, he's uh, a teacher, <laughs> lawyer and a huge KC sports fan. Uh, welcome to the show, Quentin. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. Happy to be on with so many ex lawyers today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Uh, very, very cool. So for our listeners who, uh, aren't aware or maybe don't live in Kansas City, Missouri, tell us about, uh, what you do day to day, Quentin.
1: You know, I think it is a lot, but uh, I serve on the City Council of Kansas City, Missouri. There are 12 of us on the council. Six represent just individual districts. Others are at-large. I'm one of the at-large folks, uh, but I live in the third district, so that means I live on the east side of Kansas City and near the 18th and Vine Jazz District, and uh, I spend a lot of time kind of talking about things like the airport, uh, public transit in Kansas City, big infrastructure investments, et cetera. But then I have uh, another job. I'm lucky to work for the uh, University of Kansas. Uh, and I noticed you as a Mizzou guy, I couldn't quite get it out. But, uh, I know.
0: We have two because <laughs> John Holt's a University of Kansas uh, law grad and a uh, University of Kansas undergrad on today's show. So uh, I, I keep telling people, you know, I, just because I went to Mizzou law school doesn't mean that I am anti-KU people. I, I seem to associate <laughs> myself with them all the time.
1: Well, we appreciate having you with us, and we're honored to have you with us. And I, I teach law at KU, and uh, it is, it's is—it's a busy life. But I tell you what, each day is very intellectually stimulating because there's a lot going on in Kansas City. There's a lot going on at KU and the country, and so I'm just proud to be part of it all. So you
0: grew up in uh, Kansas City, right?
1: You know, I did. Most of my life was in Kansas City, although I spent a little bit of time as a kid in Hutchinson, Kansas, so about 45 minutes outside of Wichita. The
0: cosmosphere and, uh, is there, right?
1: It was A great time, exactly. Home of the State Fair, the Cosmosphere, Salt Mines, but uh, I was in Kansas City for baseball middle school and high school, and then after I graduated from law school at Cornell, I decided to come back and make my career in Kansas City.
0: You did, and uh, you went to Wash U as well in St. Louis. I got my undergrad at SLU. Ah. Uh, so you were you were a little bit after me, but uh, what was that experience like? I mean, so you were in St. Louis for a while, yeah. and then uh, where's Cornell at? It's in New York? You know,
1: it's in Ithaca, New York, yeah. so three hours from New York City. Most of the students come from New York, New Jersey, Long Island, Connecticut, and then uh, the rest of the Northeast. So uh, both college and law school were some interesting experiences because I – you know, got to experience life as it goes with East Coast people. Even Wash U had more of that orientation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I enjoyed both experiences, and I was almost certain that after law school I would work at a, a New York or a Washington, D.C. law firm, but I found a good opportunity in Kansas City, clerked for a federal judge to start my career here, and then I decided Kansas City's got great professional opportunities, lovely women, lovely friends, and so <laughs> I didn't have to go.
0: Yeah, right, and uh, <laughs> you clerked for Dwayne Benton, who I actually got to know a little bit when I was in the legislature because he yeah. uh, he and, and he would he uh, would come down to Missouri a little bit. He he was a good guy.
1: Yeah, he is a fantastic guy, and you know he is um, he was appointed by President Bush, uh, nominated by uh, Senator Bond, and so we we came from somewhat different political backgrounds. But I think he adjudicated everything fairly. He always cared about Missouri, and frankly, is a great mentor for anyone, no matter the political or jurisprudential stripe. And frankly, I wish more and government and politics were like him mm-hmm. um it would do us well on both parties these days
0: yes it would uh quentin lucas is with us today so quentin you uh so you did that and then uh just worked in some i believe you worked in some private practice here in yep. kansas city and then you you decided you know what i'm going to get involved in politics <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you start and, and what 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 kind of drew you to that decision
1: well sometimes jason and you know this i want to say it was a bit of insanity <laughs> uh, but it was, you know, it started from this. And I think a lot of people listening to your show, no matter where they live, have a bit of that. You watch the news, you read the newspaper, you listen to 980, and you catch what's what's going on. And sometimes you say, well, why in the heck did they do that? And so, you know, I finally looked around, and I had enough of those moments in Kansas City. And I said, why are we spending money on this, or why are we doing that? It needs to be better run. And so I, I said, well, you know what, I, uh, I'm going to take the time and try to make a difference. Mm-hmm. in my community. And, uh, you know, as, as you know, it's not easy. Uh, everybody for, all of a sudden cares a lot more about your life and all of that. But at the same time, I've loved being able to have an impact on the community. I mean, it's as you know, it's an exciting time in Kansas City. We have a fantastic future ahead. But uh, we need to make sure that we're doing some things responsibly and thinking about Kansas City not just for today, but for the next 20 years.
0: Mm-hmm. And one of the things too that people don't realize is that when you do this, and if, for me when I was in Jeff City, it was even probably harder because I had to go. I was gone for half the year, but uh, yeah. you have another job. And you, you talked about KU, and you know you're 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 kind of there half the time, and you're in Jeff, and you're in a city uh, council half the time, right?
1: I am, but you're always full time, really. Both. <laughs> yeah, it makes a real interesting life because uh, I am concerned with two different state government budgets each day and a city government. So uh, <laughs> I read and listen to everything going on in Kansas with great interest. But I think it's kind of made me both a better teacher for my law students, but also a better uh, uh, public servant for the people of Kansas City because you know you get a chance to see how another institution's working. And it also just keeps you honest. You know, I just never want to rely on my uh, political position to, you know, be my full income because Mm -hmm. I think that allows you to, you know, start making some uh, choices that aren't the best. I because agree. you want to survive. I mean, I think this keeps me honest and lets me know that if it's time to hang him up, I'll, I'll go back and, and teach and write about law and, and kind of disappear.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, we're talking to Quentin Lucas. He'll, uh, we'll be back after the break with Morth Quentin. I want to break down some Kansas City issues. You're listening to Grill Nation Show. Thanks for joining us. Running
1: down the street like your hair's on fire.
0: Keep them going crazy, though. TV and the radio been watching since a baby, so I'm representing Casey Moe. Casey Mo Hello, welcome back to Grill Nation. Thanks for joining me again today on 980 AM and Talk980AM.com. Appreciate you joining me on podcasts as well on iTunes as well as on GrillNationShow.com. Both of our guests today are via phone, but I will post photos of them, and hopefully one of these days we'll have them in studio. All of the photos of the show are at GrillNationShow.com. We're talking to uh, 3rd District at Large, City Councilman Quinton Lucas. He's also a... uh, a uh, law professor at the University of Kansas Law School we're doing two different things which uh which most public servants do that most people don't know about at least our local public servants and our statewide state public servants uh uh we get confused a lot with people that work in congress don't we back in the day quentin i mean people think that you're uh you're making hundreds of thousands of dollars <laughs> and going to dc every week
2: right you know and i'll
1: say this out of respect to everyone who's involved particularly our folks in the state legislatures and Topeka and Jefferson City, it is a real family sacrifice, professional sacrifice. I mean, and most of them aren't doing it because there's a payoff at the end. Instead, they're doing it because they love their state and, and they care about making a positive difference in the future.
0: I can tell you that. I know that <laughs> in uh, Jeff City, the the salary is, is very low, uh, and it never gets raised because it has to be voted on by the legislature. So uh, huh. they do make that sacrifice. I never quite understood how people who had large families, you know, you and I are in our thirties, uh, but, um, yep. you know, I got elected when I was in my mid, I think mid twenties and mm-hmm. just, just, just the time commitment. I, I couldn't imagine if I had kids and doing that. It's, it's a lot of work, but, uh, Quentin Lucas, uh, you have been very active on the city council. Uh, as you mentioned in the first segment, there's a lot of things going on in Kansas City. And frankly, I like that. I think we should be tackling a lot of different issues at one time. Uh, a lot of development going on here. You've worked mm-hmm. a lot in that area. Uh, tell us about mm-hmm. that. I mean, because uh, we want to see Kansas City continue to grow and thrive. And I know a lot of people want to make sure that we are uh, checking all, all those balances with regards to development and incentives and whatnot.
1: You know, yeah, that's been uh, one of the real political flashpoints since I've been on the council. Uh, in short, everybody, I think, respects and likes the progress we have in Kansas City right now. Downtown today, compared to what it was in 1997, it's like night and day. You have people walking mm-hmm. around, you have things going on. All that being said, there are a lot of Kansas Cityans, particularly in uh, the poorer communities, the inner city, and, and through other areas that are saying, wait it seems like we're subsidizing too much, government's still playing too much of a role. When is government done in investing in private enterprise? I guess would be the way that the question's been set up. And so I thought recognizing that there was an ongoing need for certain incentive activity to make sure we're building Kansas City, there was some way that we could balance, you know, responsible, perhaps curtailment of some of our incentives, uh, while also making sure we we now we don't throw away the whole program. We can still attract big companies, big job producers in Kansas City, big things that can really change the quality of life in Kansas City. And so that's what I've been working on. And, you know, Jason, this has been a conversation that we've seen in lots of the area now. I was reading the Star the other day, and Olathe is having a conversation on incentives uh, in connection with the expansion of Garmin's headquarters. Overland Park has a lot of projects where that's become an issue. So it's something that everybody's thinking about. How can we continue to have a competitive metro area but make sure that when we're doing these things with government investment, we're growing the pie. We're making the whole area better, and we're not just, say, competing Overland Park versus Kansas City versus Lee's Summit versus Olathe.
0: Or Missouri versus Kansas, right? That's
1: absolutely. And that's, that's, you know, an ongoing travesty, in my opinion. I, as you know, I work in Kansas. Uh, I also work in Kansas City, Missouri, and I'm, a, you know, an elected office in Missouri. There is no dumber battle we have than the Kansas versus Missouri border war. I respect anywhere somebody lives and works, but the students I teach each day at KU, uh, I'm trying to make sure they stay in the Kansas City area, yeah, whether right. that be in Prairie Village or Parkville or downtown. And uh, and I think KU wants to attract people from western Missouri. I mean, it, it's something where we've got to think to the fact that we need to make this a dynamic region that is a place that people want to go to nationally. Not just one where we have fiefdoms uh, that are you know kind of one-off areas of our own interest.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, and 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 for the most part, I mean, people that are from other parts of uh, uh, from the United States or the world, they 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 don't know Kansas City is in Missouri, <laughs> or Kansas, right? So
1: <laughs> you know, they don't exactly, they, and they couldn't care less. They just know, oh hey, I saw a big race in Kansas City the other day, or I saw a Chiefs playoff game, or actually I stopped there for a little while and. Found it more charming than I ever would have thought. You know, that's what I get a lot of uh, when I'm out in the rest of the country.
0: Speaking of uh, traveling to Kansas City, Kansas yeah. City International Airport. Um, yeah. Where is that? That's something I know you've done a lot of research uh-huh. into this, right? Uh, you traveled a lot, like me. Uh, you 've been to a lot of new modern airports uh you you went to the uh dallas love didn 't you uh, no, yes, I did. with the uh, greater Kansas City chamber with a, somebody went down there with you and no, and, you, and you guys you guys you guys have identified these things and um it, it seems to me that you know we both know that the airport needs to be modernized but it just it's gonna see it 's going to see how 's it going to happen is there going to be a public vote i mean there 's just all these different issues and at some point I think it 'll all figure itself out.
1: You know, I think it does. Uh, one thing I would say is I think it needs to figure itself out sooner rather than later. Uh, Kansas City, the mayor says this all the time, and I think it's true. It's a place where we can chew and walk gum. Uh, me, we can chew gum and walk. I guess I can't say it right. But, uh, we'll get, we'll get, we'll, get that, we'll give you,
0: we'll give you the benefit of the doubt there since you are driving. You did teach a constitutional <laughs> yes, law class today. <laughs>
1: um, but I think that there is a way that we can address very big community concerns. You know, we've seen polling and a lot of it suggests that at least residents of Kansas City, Missouri, and I would suggest some of the rest of the area, like KCI and its current construct. The reason is because they're perceptions of convenience, uh, There are perceptions of you kind of know what it is, and you have a lot of memories of the way the airport is now. And I don't think anyone, you or I or anyone's trying to necessarily change that. I think what we're all trying to recognize is what does KCI look like to be the modern airport for the next 40 years? And that's what we're planning on. And I would say that despite what one may read in the newspaper, I think everyone on the city council recognizes that, you know, something significant has to be done in KCI, and it'll be something that'll have a high cost. Now, about that cost, the airlines have shown a willingness through user fees and others uh, to make sure that the taxpayers, right, those, particularly those who don't fly and who don't use services at the airport, don't pay any cost in connection with the future of KCI. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if I could start a hashtag campaign, I've been trying to tell people it's not so much that we're building a new KCI and we're moving it and it's going to be scary and it's going to look like Hartsfield-Jackson Airport or Chicago O'Hare. Instead, it's that we're building a hashtag better KCI, one that is, you know, ready for modern travel, one that actually has enough seats for people to wait, one that has bathrooms, one that has modern amenities that... People expect when they travel to an airport, whether mm-hmm. it be Kansas City or, or Timbuktu. I mean, I yeah. like you. I've flown through certain international airports that uh, compare favorably to us, and these aren't all in countries with a lot of money. <laughs> and so, I I think you know it's time for us to sit down and have a real conversation about how we can build um, a better KCI but one that features modern amenities, can attract more air traffic, so we can get more one-way flights, can be an enhancement for business. And I'll say this selfishly as someone in Kansas City, Missouri, is one where we can get more employment in Kansas City, where we can get more sales tax generation in Kansas City. You know, this presents a great opportunity for us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'd like to think that if we have that real public conversation, not something that comes down from on high, but one where we listen to the public's input, then that's something that could pass the muster of the voters
0: yeah i i just look for you know people talk about convenience but i talk about civic pride a lot too like you know when people come to our airport it's the first thing they see when they fly into kansas city whether they're a business looking to move here a traveler a tourist uh someone coming home i mean it's the first impression you get out of a city and so i think it has to be a good impression and uh you know we modernized uh arrowhead i mean and it's yeah it's it's fine you know we 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 voted on those things. I mean, it just seems like there has to be something done. And I was kind of a kind of frustrated, I guess, when we, we kicked the can down the road a few years ago, or maybe it was last year. Uh, and, and now I hope that that will come up again it's at some point, maybe this year, where it'll actually get discussed and, and, and it will move forward. That, that's yep, just sure. my, my feelings. Hopefully it happens uh, because I think we need it. Uh, we're talking to Quentin Lucas. His uh, Twitter handle is at KC. Quentin, we have a few minutes left in this segment um, streetcar, that's kind of all over the place right now, it seems.
1: You know, I think streetcar connects to the last point you made, and I just I wanted to say this in respect to my predecessors as well. I think if you look at Kansas City in the 1980s and 90s, there is a fair criticism that, you know, we kicked the can down the road on a lot of things. Uh, we thought modernizing Kemper Arena would be enough to save the Big 12 tournament. Mm-hmm. We thought that, you know, building bigger and bigger suburban developments will allow us to ignore downtown. And I think that kind of set us back, particularly as we started the 21st century. And only now are we looking at things like airport enhancements and streetcar to make this a competitive place. Because, you know, the thing that irks me is when I visit Cincinnati or Minneapolis or St. Louis even and say I can hop from Lambert Field and St. Louis on a light rail line and get to downtown. And they have a world of challenges over there, but that's not one of them. Yeah, right. And so I think that streetcar uh, and our broader public transit conversation is an important part of that whole conversation. We have got to continue to uh, think about how we can keep the public transit conversation going forward, how we can be collaborative, and how we can find a way that it's funded fairly. Mm-hmm. Um, I am one who does not believe that the taxpayers need to open up their you know, pocketbooks for literally everything. So we're not trying to raise everybody's taxes nonstop. But at the same time, uh, I think we found a responsible way to have folks who would benefit from the streetcar line the most who live along the line uh, actually pay for those improvements and they have a chance to vote on it. So mm-hmm. I expect that to be something that uh, we see happening here in the fall or uh, summer, rather. And uh, I would expect it to pass. And then that would be the next line that gets you from UMKC to downtown. And we'll keep moving from there.
0: Quentin Lucas, city councilman, third district at large, professor of law at the University of Kansas School of Law. Appreciate you coming on the show today. We had a lot more to talk about, but uh, we'll have to have you on again uh, sometime soon to talk about some more issues going on in Kansas City. I appreciate you joining the show today, and uh, good luck with everything you're working on, my man. Hey, thank you, Jason. Thank you very much. We'll be right back after the break with more Grill Nation show. We'll be back with John Holt from Fox Forward News, who will be joining us after the break. Talk to you later.
1: First things first, I'm the realest. Drop this and let the whole world
0: feel it. Let them feel it. And I'm still in the murder business. I can hold you down like I'm giving lessons in physics.
1: I just want to a the money, to, to cool. Hello
0: and welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill. Thanks for joining me today on 980 AM and talk980am.com. appreciate listening as well today on iTunes and Stitcher on podcasts as well as at grillnationshow.com where you can find all of our podcasts photos of our guests, social media information, all the good stuff that we love here at Grill Nation, including our partners and supporters of the show. Uh, We're going to continue our show today with a friend of mine who is on the road today, working hard, working for you, as they say, at Fox 4. Um, Interested to have him on the show. We have John Holt, who is the uh, uh, anchor of the 5 o'clock and 9 o'clock news at Fox 4 here in Kansas City. Got to know John uh, many years ago and have been lucky enough to serve as a political analyst on Fox 4 uh, on election nights throughout the years and covering um, different things happening in politics. So it's been really cool to work with John, and uh, he has a really great background and story, and so I wanted to have him on the show today to talk about kind of his journalistic career and also uh, talk about some things going on here in Kansas City. Welcome to the show, John, I understand you're on the road to Leavenworth today.
2: Working for you on a project, Uh, we we like to get out on the road, not just sit behind the desk. And I'll tell you, this is kind of role reversal, Jason, that usually I get to ask you the questions.
0: I know, right? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not
2: sure I'm ready for
0: this. (laughs) John Holt, his Twitter handle is at John Holt News. He's always active on social media. John, for our listeners who uh, have not been alive for the last 20 years here, 20 plus years here in Kansas City, take us through um, kind of uh, what you do every day.
2: Well, I am, as you mentioned, Jason, and, and thanks for the kind intro, I uh, anchor our 5 o'clock and 9 o'clock news, and then I'm also a special projects reporter, which is my role today, starting the day a little bit earlier uh, than normal, but uh, uh, basically, I like to tell people when I talk to when I talk to future journalists or kids about thinking about careers, I like to say, hey, I'm a storyteller, um, whether it's sitting behind the anchor desk at Fox 4 in the studio or out in the community working on stories, uh, I love the storytelling aspect of, of what we do, and Uh, Day-to-day, the other thing I love about my job is, is, as you know, having having been around uh, the media, no two days are alike. You never know what the day is going to present, whether it be a routine day where you're just kind of working on your next newscast up and playing the social media game, or if there's going to be breaking news or something that that interrupts the day and sort of sends you down a different path. So Mm -hmm. no two days are alike, and that really is is the, the challenging and yet exhilarating part of what we do.
0: You were in radio when you started, weren't you? Didn't you do some radio work?
2: Actually, uh, a fun story there. I, I grew up in Great Bend, Kansas, which is in central Kansas, for those who are geographically challenged. It's right smack dab in the middle of the state. Small town of about 18,000. We had one radio station there. And when I was in high school, we did a high school program on Thursday night called Panther Parade. Great Bend High School Panthers. <laughs> I uh, I was on the, the school newspaper, and we would we would go and do this, I think it was a 15-minute show. We'd, we'd play some records and talk about school things that... The general manager of the TV station was kind enough to, or I'm sorry, the radio station was kind enough to give us that time. And he heard me one night and, and he was getting ready to launch an FM signal in the market and needed a voice. Basically, it was an automated system. So he asked if I would be willing to come on board part time and just weekends and holidays and fill in, do some, do some radio work. And of course, I was thrilled because I had fallen in love with broadcasting and uh, also had a chance to do a Boy Scout Explorer post out there that through the local community college. They had a little 10-watt station, uh, <clears throat> Barton County Community College. It's right outside my hometown. And I used to joke that if the wind was blowing in the right direction, my mother might be able to hear me read newscasts. <laughs> so it was it was a really a, an early introduction to broadcasting on radio. And, and it, through that, I just fell in love with it and, and knew what I wanted to do in high school. I, I, I wasn't very athletic. I'm not real smart. But I have the gift of gab. <laughs> uh, and, I, and I love talking on the radio. So... Uh, uh, that that was kind of where it all got started for me.
0: John Holt from Fox Four is on the show today. John, um, okay, so you went to KU. We, we have our allegiances there. You know, I'm a Mizzou guy, but um, <laughs> you you it's went, a friendly rival. Yes, it is. Uh, you went to law school, huh? I, you know, that's something we have in common. We we both are lawyers. I guess we went to law school. I don't practice much anymore. Um, but you you really um, you worked at a law firm for a while. But but little did you know that you'd be spending the rest of your career in journalism.
2: Well, you know, I actually when I when I decided to go to law school, it was it was really kind of a calculated career move. Although I wasn't quite sure how it would play out. Uh, I worked at WIBW in Topeka, which is a CBS affiliate there, and the one of the legendary voices from WIBW is a guy by the name of Bill Curtis. Um, Older listeners will remember him from his days in Kansas and then in Chicago and at the CBS television network. He went to law school at Washburn, and uh, he was KU undergrad. Washburn Law, and ended up in the journalism business and used his law degree in his career as journalist. And I, I, I'd met Bill Curtis a few times, nicest guy in the world, when he would come back to Topeka for events. And I was inspired by what he had done to get a law degree as well. And my plan was to use it in journalism. The subplot was perhaps media law. I spent a summer in Washington working for a firm there between my second and third year. But at the end of the day, I really loved the journalism aspect, storytelling. And I, I like to tell people I'm a shark with no teeth non-practicing attorney but i use the law degree and i know you do too every day you use that critical thinking that research mm-hmm. um that knowledge uh so i don't regret that that three years and and really every day draw on it in one form or another and and the best part of my law school experience was i met my wife Susie there so sure um it, it all worked out well
0: yeah and i think that a lot of people that go to law school uh want to know they always ask me you know what else can I do with my career if I don't want to be a full-time attorney or maybe they're not having the best luck finding a job in a tough job market? Mm-hmm. Or And so there are different things you can do, and you can always utilize that. I think it helps, uh, especially in, in certain things I do with um, crisis work, politics, media relations. It does help. Yeah. To, when you're talking to lawyers a lot, it does it does help you because they uh, they look at you a little differently when you have a law degree. I'm assuming that happens, too, in journalism when you're uh, – Scooping a story or doing some storytelling. I know when you started off at Fox 4, the uh, O.J. Simpson trial was going on, wasn't it? That was
2: a real opportunity for me that I did not anticipate. When I was hired by the TV station, it was right about the time the Fox NBC swap was happening. For those who've been around, 23 years ago, we were actually an NBC affiliate. We were sold, and as part of that sale, flipped to a Fox affiliate. At the time, the general manager did not have a lot of programming to play with, and he decided he wanted to make Fox 4, at that time we were known as News Channel 4, a, a sort of CNN of Kansas City, and one of the ways he wanted to do that was to carry the O.J. Simpson trial when it lot went live, and he tapped me because of my legal background. I had just joined the TV station in September. The trial started in February of the next year, 95, and uh, for nine months, that was my life. Uh, hmm bringing in lawyers uh, as analysts, got to know uh, many of the legal community here. They would come in and sit with us and talk about, okay, how would this case be handled in Kansas or Missouri? Um, and so it was a real eye-opener for me. By the way, truth be told, I had not done any criminal law work, but it was I was a, fa- a quick learner, quick study, mm-hmm. and uh, that was a fascinating nine months. Plus, it, it gave me a chance to be introduced to the audience here in Kansas City quicker than if I were just doing the weekend morning show, which is what I started doing. Uh, weekend mornings and reporting during the week. So being on every day for hours at a time was a real opportunity for me to to make my introduction to Kansas City viewers. It worked out great. It was a fun experience for me and met a lot of great lawyers. Some of the names you know you'll you'll recognize. A, a guy by the name of uh, Sylvester Sly James was one of our <laughs> early uh, analysts. Of course, now the mayor of Kansas That's City. That's pretty cool. A lot of other great lawyers who were you know a little bit younger at the time and, and enjoyed the TV opportunity.
0: So, John, you've been at uh, Fox 4 now. I think you started again in 1994. Right. Um, th- that's a long time in the journalism world to be at one station, isn't it?
2: It is. And, and in our business, you know, you, you live contract to contract. One of the things I love about Fox 4, and actually Kansas City in general, if you look at the landscape, most of the on-air talent, the anchors, the people who are there every night, have been in the market for a long time. Management the to be stable. They don't like a lot of changes. Viewers don't like change. So if you establish a rapport with your viewers, if, if, you know, you develop that relationship, you can stay. You, you can, you can raise a family, which is what my wife and I have done here. We mm-hmm. love Kansas City. And, and so do you, do you keep your ear to the ground for opportunities? If the door knocks, do you open it? Maybe. Um, but, but Kansas City is a great place to be and, and we love it. And, and I've been very fortunate that Fox Four, its management, has, has been willing to let me apply my craft here and, and, and been supportive of me. And, and, you know, ratings go up, they go down, but they're pretty steady about staying with the people that, that
0: are loyal to them. Yeah, and that's definitely true. And uh, you've seen a lot of changes over the years, that's for sure, right? You've seen people come and go. You've seen uh, yes. technology change the what, what you do every night, don't you?
2: Well, let's start with the people aspect of that because, Jason, you're right. It, this is a business where people do come in and they go and they have aspirations maybe to move to a larger city or – or the network that the name that comes to mind is harris faulkner who left us to go to minneapolis worked at a couple stations there and now is on the fox news channel i did see her the other
0: night i did see her the other night on fox news right
2: right uh had a chance to anchor with scott here delightful i really enjoyed that experience and, and younger reporters typically will come in for a few years and then they want to move on or, or go back home where they're from which we've, we've seen i can't blame them for that uh so yes th- there is turnover but again you know myself uh phil witt uh even looking at some of the other stations larry moore at channel nine was there for years now chris Ketz remains a a, a mainstay there the the frontline people stations like to keep and so they'll they'll work with you to try to make your job enjoyable and we have obviously kansas city is such a draw love it here it's tough to leave a place like this so that works in you know our benefit as well but yeah you do get you do get turnover of people and a lot of producers come and go and even managers but uh that's the cool thing about the business. You you get to meet so many different people, and there's that connection you have out there across the country of people you used to work with. You asked about technology, and yeah, that's really changed. You we got know, about thirty the, seconds left. No we got about
0: thirty seconds left in the segment, John. Uh, just take no us through a pre preview. Or
2: Facebook or anything like that. So you, you you grow and adapt, and we went from tape to to digital, and you just have to kind of be willing. Uh, even us older guys to it's, it's, you know to, to enjoy and take advantage of some of the new technologies, and that's really that's really kind of the fun, cutting edge part of my job. Is is not just the day-to-day but also learning the, the new things that we that we are presented the new tools to, to reach out and engage with our viewers
0: we're talking to John Holt Fox four news 5 and 9 p.m he's the anchor one of the anchors on the Fox four newscast so uh, we'll be right back after the break with more with John thanks for shut the world outside until the, lights
1: come on. Maybe the streets are light, maybe the trees are gone I feel
0: Welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill. Thanks for joining me again. been a great show so far today. Again, you're listening at 980 AM and also listening, if you are, via podcast at grillnationshow.com or iTunes or Stitcher Radio. I want to... Really quickly, again, say my Twitter handle for you. It's at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. You connect with me on most social media platforms. Just search for Jason Grill. One of the guys that uh, is very active. We were talking about technology on social media is John Holt. His Twitter is at John Holt News. He also is on Instagram and Facebook. Just search for John Holt. He's with Fox 4 News in Kansas City. He's been uh, with Fox 4 since 1994. He anchors the 5 o'clock and 9 p.m. news and uh, he's a great kansas city and does a lot of work here throughout kansas city he, today he's on the road doing some storytelling john welcome back to the show thanks jason great to be with you so john how do you decide like how do these happen these things happen where you're on the road and you're doing a story uh and, and most people just see you behind the desk uh what, do you just come up with these yourself do you talk to your uh your uh, producers how does this work
2: that's a great question you know sometimes we come up with stories uh ourselves uh Partner in crime, my primary partner in crime, John Hajduke, and I will cook up story ideas and go out. John's waving as he takes his hand off the wheel. Get your hand back on the wheel. All right, there we (laughs) Ten and and two. Uh, But uh, sometimes they are presented to us. Uh, We also work with a very talented uh, investigative reporter, uh, producer, uh, Lisa McCormick, who works sort of behind the scenes. I I, I give her a lot of credit for some of the great stories we've been able to come up with. She does a lot of the the behind-the-scenes digging. Um, and 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 really, I like all types I like investigating, but I also like you know, telling story of, stories about people interesting people and uh you know their backgrounds but uh, but yeah, they come from to us from all sorts of uh,
0: all sorts of angles huh
2: yeah, and I, it might be just a conversation I have with somebody you know at the grocery store, or at my favorite watering hole, and and they tell you something you go, oh my gosh that that might make a great story and and you develop it from there sometimes stories come through sometimes they don 't
0: Yes, they do. And, John, you're on location a lot, actually. Uh, I noticed you were uh, you, vid- you went with the Royals a few times for some World Series games, didn't you?
2: You know, that was. Uh, people ask me, what's the favorite story you've ever done? Those two years might be the best ever to get a chance, two years running in 14 and 15, to travel and be a part of the World Series. The playoff experience at home and then the World Series experience at home and on the road was really something very special. Plus, it got me out of the studio. I love being out live uh, on scene. Get away from the teleprompters and just just get a chance to converse and and talk about what's going on around you. That is fun television, and and it was really a blast. And then when they won it in New York to be there for Game 5 was was really cool.
0: Can't imagine that. That has to be one of your highlights. Uh, Obviously, uh, hopefully, we'll get a Super Bowl one day for you. You can uh, do (laughs) that. that (laughs) You'd be on on Radio Road this week. (laughs) (laughs) You'd Uh, need one of those parades, too. Yes, we do. Um, yes, we do. So, John, what, what kind of advice do you have for, uh, people that maybe are thinking about a career in journalism? You know, nowadays with the internet, with blogs, with contributing, yeah. with all the things different people are doing, you know, on cable news. I mean, there seems to be a lot of areas to, to, you know, if you're a young person out there to intern or get involved. But, uh, what advice do you have for those who are thinking about a career in journalism and broadcasting?
2: I think the, the first advice I would First piece of advice I would give to them is don't do it because you want to be on TV or radio. Do it because you have a passion for writing and storytelling, because you're curious, because you want to meet people. Do it for the right reasons. Don't do it for the money. It's not you're not going to get rich. Um, it's it's a, it's you're not going to start in a Kansas City. I started my career in my hometown on the radio and then moved to Topeka for my first TV job and then down to Wichita. And you just you, you just have to be willing to work the weekends and the holidays. So it's not something you're it's not easy. Um, but but it, is, it is fun, it's fascinating, it's a, it's a great way uh, to make a living, and if you have a passion for that, then, then go for it. That's, what, that's the first piece of advice. Second piece of advice I would give for, for young up-and-coming journalists is, you know, be aware, read. Um, the best writers are good readers. Know what's going on around you in the world. Uh, you can't just live on, on People Magazine and Variety. You have to, you have to read uh, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, the Economist. You have to know about your world, the Kansas City Star, whatever uh and, and that's something too many too often we get young reporters even at our level who come in or producers and they've not they don't know about politics or courts or whatever and that's you have to be a quick learner about everything because you never know whether you're heading to the fire or to the school board meeting
0: Hmm. yeah you don't do you a lot of those reporters find out when they walk into the uh Fox the, uh, four that day where they're going to be going right
2: yeah it's exactly right uh We have a new young reporter starting this morning. First time out, he's on his way to Drexel, Missouri, to cover a story. So you just never know when you walk in the door. You may have a story idea, and you may be ready to go for that, and then something else happens, and you have to completely shift gears. And that's the other thing I would tell people. Be flexible. You know, your your day is going to be long. You you may be working holidays and weekends, maybe working nights, as I do. Uh, You never know, as I said before in our earlier segment, you never know what the day's going to present, so be prepared for anything.
0: And right, and and I think people need to realize too that that you're not just showing up at four fifty five and going right on the air, right? I mean, you, you're that's working right. a full day. I mean, you, you yeah. you're there and you're and you're getting out late. And, and and for those folks that work on the morning news, I mean, they're getting out of bed at like two three in the morning every day. Right, that's
2: it. Yeah, you know, it's funny people will say to me, "What what time do you go in?" About four o'clock, and I said, "Boy, I'd love that," but no, we're <laughs> you know. To, on this day uh, that we're talking, I'm I'm in at ten in the morning, so and I'll I'll be there till ten tonight. So, uh, but if you love what you do, and this is true of any job, if you love what you do, you don't you don't count the hours, right? I mean, I know you're you're that way. Your your job is flexible. You're doing a lot of different things. And, and that's, that's unfortunately just, though john I'm, st-
0: I'm still on billables though that's the thing no matter what <laughs> paris has the has the billables we all do and then uh i can't get away from those but i do enjoy those because you like you said i mean you're doing different things every day yeah. even if you're working in a client service industry you're touching different stories different people different people that you're yeah. trying to help with problems and but you know you do get a, the chance to do a show like this and to uh go on fox four once in a while and talk about politics yeah.
2: and by the way you do a great job we had a blast inauguration day and Talk about new technology. We weren't on TV that day, Jason. You know, we were on Facebook, doing Facebook Live with, with Annie Presley, and, and you guys did a great job. And, and we reached a, a ton of people uh, doing post-inaugural uh, analysis, and that's really the beauty of the new technology is it gives you so many more platforms to work with. When I started in the business, you only had the one, your next show up. Now it's, it's, you can be on live at any time.
0: I know it's it's pretty cool. Hey John, we have got a few minutes left in the show today. Uh, Kansas City. So you you obviously got here uh, 25 years ago. Let's say, um, you know what what is what has really changed in your mind over those 25 years? I mean, uh, for the better. And, and what are the things kind of you want to see kind of continue to move forward on?
2: You know, Jason, and I think you know I've kind of talked about this. One of the things that I have watched Kansas City do is is embrace itself. When I first came to Kansas City, I, I knew about Kansas City because I was at KU. You, you grew up in this area. We knew what Kansas City had to offer. But I think there was this sort of this, I don't know, for lack of a better term, lack of self-confidence as a city. Now we puff our chests out. You know, we, 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 we're developing the crossroads. We're developing downtown. Where so many cool things are happening, not just in Kansas City, Missouri, but metro-wide that, you know, when we are on, say, Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football, or we're on the, in the World Series, we have things to show off. The, mm-hmm. the world and people who come here, who are not from here, are constantly amazed at what a cool city this is. My new co-anchor, Dominique Ricks, came in from Cleveland. She grew up in the Minneapolis area. She and her husband fell in love with Kansas City, the neighborhoods, the culture. This is not just flyover country. This is not just a cow town. Although we embrace that image too. But there's a lot of cosmopolitan stuff happening in our town. And I hope that continues. I hope we continue to grow that and be proud of ourselves. We have nothing to be ashamed over to hide anyone in any part of the country.
0: I agree. John Holt, Fox 4 News. He, uh, he co-anchors the 5 o'clock and 9 p.m. news. You can also follow him on Twitter at John Holt News. He's also on Facebook, John Holt, Fox 4 News, and is... Always uh, doing fun things on social media, and uh, you can watch them on TV again as well. Look forward to uh, following you, John, and congrats on all your success here in Kansas City.
2: Thanks, buddy, and thanks for all your help and support. And Look forward to getting you on again soon, all right?
0: Okay, buddy. Take care.
2: Take care, Jason. Bye.
0: You've been listening to Grill Nation. Thanks for joining us today. Have a good one, and we will see you next week. Take care. Hey!